0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org, from Louisville Public Media.
3: How are you doing? Nothing. What's going on? Pretty good.
2: Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series. You know what to do. You like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith With, get a new interview every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. I'm Kyle Meredith today talking with my old buddy Ben Bridwell of Band of Horses. We're going to get into their album, Things Are Great. It's their first album in six years, so we're first going to discuss, well, how the record, as Ben says, almost killed him. Uh, no touring, a divorce from his wife, leaving both their management and label We'll discuss writing a breakup record, knowing that his kids might listen one day, and masking the truth with tricky wordplay, as he says. Uh, Ben's also going to go on to tell us why he has such a uh, a disdain, I guess. Hatred might be strong, or maybe it's full-on hatred for a uh, California town called Coalinga. And uh, how there might be a follow-up EP of Leftover Tracks and the pile of covers that uh, the band's recorded over the years. So let's do it. Discussing Things Are great. It's Kyle Meredith with Band of Horses.
3: Hi Kyle man. It's always a pleasure to
2: talk with you, man. It's great to see you. It's been a handful of years now since we had the last band of horses record. Um, this one things are great. Uh, man, it is so great to hear you doing this thing again and getting the music out into the world. So um first off, I love it. I love the record. congratulations.
3: Kyle, thanks, man. you're I guess uh, your sponsors will, like pull their their ads if you don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> i try not to interview anybody
2: that i don't feel that about i think i do compliment a lot but uh but i mean it you know it's thanks kyle thanks are well, they gonna care if i say i don't like this man of horses dude, record this. I know. that'd be a whole different chat wouldn't it <laughs> i do love what you're doing um thanks, also congrats by the way i saw you entered the billion streams club as well so that's that's not nothing it, no
3: it's not nothing um <laughs> <laughs> i have to be careful not to be too self-deprecating here <laughs> um uh i'm not the only trophy i really like honestly kyle is um i have a um a horseshoe tournament tr- like that i play with my uncle and his boys my cousins uh and i got that trophy once and i really i look at that one when i pass by i'm like that's the one man like it's even gotta do like throwing a horseshoe um so uh, I'm I'm pleased as punch that we've uh, that we've lasted this long, obviously, and that uh, we continue to still be somewhat relevant in people's lives. Honestly, however, we can be of service. So, yes, I accept I accept the trophy, but <laughs> it's my horseshoe uh, tournament one beating my cousins. It still is, <laughs> it's still top. Remind me never
2: to uh, get in a horseshoe game with you. I haven't done horseshoes in, a, I mean, not since I was living in the country as a little boy, I think it's, they don't do it a, a lot up uh, up here. So.
3: Well, I got this big old dog now um, during the pandemic and she's dug up quite a bit of my yard. So I'm like, I don't actually have to dig the pit. You know, I just gotta go get the sand. You can come over and we can, we can throw some sheep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> noted, noted, man. <laughs> So that's the fun side of the conversation uh now now we enter the rougher side because because one of the first things i hear you say about this record um uh, when i heard it i don't know i guess i wasn't listening right because i was like oh what a what a cool fun little sound that's going on here but then i hear you say and this is the record that almost killed me
3: oh yeah i mean yeah well yeah there's that i mean and it is the title implies is a bit sarcastic right so um Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just the record that was trying to kill me. It was my life. But uh, just personally and um, just the harrowing nature of being a person that can't provide for their family because we couldn't tour, play shows, um, and going through a divorce, stuff like that, really bad, really bad. Um, And then the record just sitting there. um, We broke up with our management, broke up, you know, the label decided not to exercise their option. I was like, dang, dude, we're getting just shelled here, right? Um, so, yeah, things things felt uh, yeah, like they were breaking me a bit for sure. Well, to still be able to come
2: out the other side with the music and and for it to be, as you've also said, a bit of at least a breakup album, when you're writing about it and and for that being, I, I don't know when that was and and I won't try to dive into your personal life here too much, but but you know, for that to be any time recently. Is it a bit like eggshell walking when you're putting, knowing that that's going to be out there in the world?
3: Yeah, it is, Kyle. Honestly, because, I mean, even like my kids are getting old enough to be like, okay, even though that dude never shared any of his music with us or tried to pretend it wasn't happening, you know, like, I'm just dad. I ain't like some singer person or band person. Besides touring, they don't know what I do. So it's like, dang, now my kids are getting old enough to listen to this stuff. Like, or my ex is going to have to hear some of these stories played out in public. Um, It's still a bit of eggshell walk in there, but uh, there's a freeing aspect, a liberating aspect of telling your story honestly, as you see it, um, and telling, you know, the other side's story honestly, as you see it, um, and being, well, Revealing being revealing revealing yourself, I think there's something liberating about that, and this album displays that hopefully in a classy way and not um, you know too much you know uh, gossip or or you know like vindictive way or something mm-hmm.
2: well it's it, it's um i don't know you've always been able to you know, your lyrics the way the poetry rolls out. Like, it's not that it's metaphor, but sort of in what I would say the R.E.M. way. Like, I kind of get the gist, but I don't always know exactly what you're saying. And to me, that's that's sort of fun, too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and, well, to put me in the same sentence with R.E.M. when it comes to writing lyrics is um, I'm just going to hang up, honestly. (laughs) Um, No, Uh, I've always tried to mask a, a lot of truths with with tricky wordplay or metaphors and and, you know i i I have a ninth grade education so it's not going to go too far um so i yeah i i I found diminishing returns on that kind of wordplay honestly i i think that's why we had like a first iteration of the record where it was done and mixed and good and pretty and all that but i'm like I still wasn't being exactly honest with myself of what these stories were. So I think that's why I had to go back to the drawing board, write a few you know, new songs, clean up or you know dirty up the production as it were, um, and, and let warts and all approach really go on display here with this one because of that. Who, who cares about like, yes, you want those things to be a bit blurry sometimes so people can make their own stories, But sometimes if you can be direct and tell your story for the truth that you know it and be vulnerable at that, I I find that it's maybe a more attractive magnet.
2: What's like, so we get into the beginning of the record, Uh, Warning Sign. It's also the the latest single, Uh, April 78. I mean, the beginning of the album, like this is your arrival into
3: the world is what I'm guessing, right? Yeah. That's a good way to start a record. Yeah. Well, I hope, I mean, gosh, it's hard for me to be objective sometimes with it, but. And it feels like a bit gross sometimes being so oh anytime you're being a, a, like autobiographical um but again there's that vulnerability of putting yourself on blast like that that maybe uh, lightens other people's hearts and uh, opens up their story maybe even easier i'm not sure well especially when we get into the the narration
2: um it seems like there's a push and pull uh you know that that track warning signs ending with we don't one help, no therapy, and then to hear in need of repair just a little bit later, you know, um, like knowing there's the problem, but not letting yourself find the formula. Is that, am I, am I close to maybe
3: what's going on here? Oh God. I mean, yeah. Do you want to lie down on the couch while I ask that question? (laughs) For real dog. I mean, you're my last interview of the day. I wanted to lie on the couch four interviews ago, but still, um, I, I, I got to be brave about all this stuff. I have to be like, I have to face it, you know, and I don't know. There's been, there's, there's been some healing, but even getting to where I am, hasn't been easy. And I'm not sure that, um, I'm not even sure if I'm halfway there to being healed up.
2: Well, to get it out through the songs. I mean, we hear that a lot, you know, just, um, musicians, a lot of musicians use songs for, for therapy. I, I'll also say that, um, you know, it doesn't seem like that's everything that this record is about. You know, the the, the worldviews on the record, I guess, is what I'm getting at least as a listener from a tragedy of commons. I mean, that line, the hate, uh, the hate train, pray that it crashes. Jade chattering of neo-fascists, the clatter of ever-warring classes. <laughs> now, as we talk about poetry, right there, oh, that's God. good. But
3: but so, this, uh, am I right in saying this takes more of the worldview? Oh, you're absolutely right. I think. Um, I think that came from, I was reading a story, um, at the studio one day I was writing that song and I was thinking of, I, I read a story about people like losing their family to Fox news, <laughs> like people losing their parents and stuff, or they'll, they'll, go to their parents' house and block Fox news and their parents lose their minds. Cause they don't know how to work the TV and get it back and no diss on Fox news, no diss diss on anyone's political views. Everyone's got their own thing but uh it could be cnn as well but you know the division lines between us just seem to get wider and wider um and this was uh, that was probably written in like you know 2017 something like that um and it you know right before uh or right around like you know trump getting elected and all that stuff it really felt like we were more divided than ever and i'm not sure that we've quite healed that either uh It's not like me to take a hard political stance uh, unless I got to. And this one is still a bit ambiguous and blurry. I just thought it was funny that people are like fighting so much, dude. I mean, it's not funny, but it's it's something that's interesting at least. And you come from
2: sort of a similar situation um, um, geographically as I do. I mean, you're further south. Uh, I, I've started calling Kentucky the gateway to the southeast as much as anything but, uh, but, you know, it's, um, that, that, that is the thing it's, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for me not for you I don't want to project, I'm surrounded by redness all around a little blue city, you know that I'm in over here, and, and to be in the music world and to see, you know, artists sort of walk that line because it does become about division, as a musician, that you get up on stage and maybe your hope is just to bring everybody together, you know, but the moment they walk out of there, that line that I just read is is sort of what's going on.
3: Yeah. It it is just an observation, you know, it's not trying to call anybody out, even though I will go to Lindsey Graham's office down the road and egg his car. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, I'm not trying to do that. I, I try to leave things open ended and, you know, look for, Live for all sides of the story as, as much as I can, be objective, and not try to force people out. I wanted I want to you know draw people in however we can. Um, and I, I feel like you know, the pandemic and stuff, I feel like it was it's been a good chance for us all to come together more, especially now that we can get concerts back and things like that, a chance for us to bond more with each other in the real world and not be hiding behind our phones and computers and stuff. So I don't know, maybe, maybe there'll be some good that comes out of this that we can understand one another better. But you don't mind pissing off any residents of Kalinga. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I'm learning about this place really honestly, Ben, how much of a hellhole is this and what happened?
3: Oh God. Well, I mean, I have spent, I mean, I was in a different band before this one and I was not good at music even in that band also, but we traveled down that corridor all the time from, you know, San Francisco down to LA or wherever. And there's going to be about 10 to 15 minutes of absolute torture where you're, I mean, all of your orifices are just getting just bombed with like the sarin gas of cow fart. And, um, and you, (laughs) don't know how to avoid it you don't know how to get away from it you just want to drive fast but it's also like a speed trap because everyone you know the cops know that you want to drive fast and get through there the people that live there they don't recognize it anymore um but if you're if you're not used to being from cow country dude it's an absolute it's it is like i said a hellhole <laughs>
2: great way to end a record by the way because then th- those
3: final lines and, and, and you know we welcome you that's, yeah, well, you're welcome back anytime come on back <laughs> we can use your damn dollars at the gas station oh wait the whole town is gas great
2: <laughs> i laughed so hard when i finally got to that part that was especially coming after i mean the heaviness of what this record sort of ends up being like to, to end it with that like what a relief Pun yeah intended.
3: you're right that was like a bit of a palate cleanser wasn't it
2: yeah just in time for the uh the record to flip once again Let's go, go back to the other side
3: <laughs> <laughs> i love that uh,
2: Yeah. I also want to, I don't, you know, we've talked a little bit about before your artwork, you know, that you always sort of it's there's a theme across all the records and everything, but, but I've noticed, especially with these singles too, there's a really cool art thing happening. Uh, Is that you or is that someone else? What's uh what was the idea? Cause I love that, that whatever that style
3: is. God, that's, you know, we did go through like uh, a breakup with our old management that we'd had for a decade plus plus. And now it's the new management um, over at C3. Uh, there's some brilliant minds over there. And they've helped us really navigate this whole thing. I mean, to get like a number one, you know, a number one single filing, our first, our first one in our career. To help us find a, a better art direction after we lost Chris Wilson, who did a, all of our album covers before. Um, they've really helped us figure out a way to keep things well, cohesive and consistent and well interesting. Yeah. So I I could I wish I could say it was me, but no. Gotta give credit <laughs> where credit due. <laughs> it's cool to, uh,
2: to to look at those. And uh, I've been talking a lot, of, I don't know why I've been on this uh, crusade and everything, but you know, when I was thinking about the artwork and I've been talking to a lot of artists about sort of the um the slow death of B-sides in a way, and I, I miss the B sides, but you've got a scrapped album. Some of the songs do make it over, but for the other ones out there, do you see of ever releasing them in any form like that?
3: Yeah, I've been uh, threatening uh, uh, a long EP called Things Aren't Great um, because, well, they didn't make the record, so they're not great. Um, I'm still working on the title, I guess, always. But um, yeah, there's a bunch of songs that, that didn't end up either getting finished correctly or just weren't the right fit that are still good songs. I think um, it's hard for me to know, but um, I think there's some stuff. There's some stuff there that I'm, I'm interested in, in taking a look at for sure. What about all the uh, covers
2: that you've been learning over the past couple of years? Oh my is is God. there a path out for those as well?
3: God, dude, I actually like during the pandemic, I, I didn't write much cause I was, well, pathetic. I was just absolutely miserable. Um, so And I had this album hanging over my head where I'm like, well, I don't write songs until I can get these songs out. Something dumb like that. It's such a silly excuse. Um, but I made a list of all the covers that we've done over the years. And it was something over, over like 120 songs. I'm like, I'm running out of pieces of paper. Um, but then we started covering songs. Instead of writing songs, uh, we would just track a bunch of covers. Uh, you know, we were doing a bunch of Morrissey songs, a bunch of Smith songs. Lemonhead songs, the amps, the breeders like we were doing new uh, Matthew Sweet and kind of like the maybe the heyday of being in high school for our indie proclivities and um, such a great way to, in, well, to get back into being the fanboys or girls, as it were, um, that, you know, that we shed along the way of like, if you get into this business, you can get a bit more focused on yourself writing it was so nice to go back and visit the things that really made us or got us to this point. So, um, I got a bunch of stuff, man. I'll have to send you at least like, um, a playlist or something. Please do. Please <laughs> do. I mean, when you did this stuff with, uh, with Sam, you know, you guys do the covers
1: together
2: oh, yeah. and everything. Like I, I, I like that mode from you too. So, you know, if that, uh, that ever makes its way out, I'm first in line.
3: So <laughs> dude, there's so much stuff, honestly, Kyle, like, uh, I visit like the live stuff. I have a bunch of live stuff that Sam and I did on that, that tour supporting that record where I could finally convince him a bit to play like, okay, I'm going to send, I'm going to sing your old song that you don't play no more. And he kind of do the same to me. And it's so cool. Like, he, I get to sing harmony on my song. He gets to sing harmony on his song. And it's such an opportunity to revisit where those songs stem from. Uh, And we also have like a a live record from the Ryman that hasn't come out yet uh, that I'd like to release. But, you know, bands release or artists release an album and they immediately go to like, I want to release everything now. So I know how foolish that is at the same time. I know you have to focus on the task at hand. So I'm, I'm trying to be patient. Well, it is a good task
2: at the moment. And I mean that for this record with things are great. Uh, you guys are taking it out on the road later this uh, year. I think
3: uh, there's a Black Keys dates, right? That's yeah. a hell of a bill right there. That's going to be fun. That'll be fun. And man, welcome, dude. Welcome. We need that kind of like a sustained run, something consistent. Um, and the fact that we get to play, you know, in the middle of the lineup probably you don't get no sound check you can go do radio all day they're basically like get your stuff on the stage and get it the hell out of our way so it was like you put it down play a little bit and get the hell out of there so I'm really (laughs) looking forward to that um and because they're rock stars there's a bunch of days off so uh there'll be a you know a lot of games in a hotel parking lot you know playing bocce ball and uh cornhole and stuff uh but then we after that directly after that we have our own european tour that we had to postpone it should have been starting this week i believe but um it got had to get postponed um and hopefully we can do that but of course tensions are rising like hell over there
2: right 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 Uh, i was just thinking the the first time that you and i i think the first time you and i ever met you were on a bill like that because it was you and pearl jam Mm. and uh we did uh like a bus interview or something like that so it's it's Sounds probably outright. been a decade now, I guess. So look at us. Come We're more. old
3: friends now.
2: Look at that. We're just
3: old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that part's true as well. Ben, thank you so much. It's great to see you, man. Uh, congrats oh, on the new
3: record. I'm, I'm so happy you guys are back. Thanks, Kyle. Man, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, man. I think you're doing a great job and I'm glad to see you doing well over there. Y'all, y'all all be well and uh, give everybody my, my love and hellos. Will you? Absolutely. We'll see you around. Talk to you soon, Kyle.
2: Download the free Anchor app right now, or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Now, I believe the uh, the last time that Ben and I actually did a, uh, a formal interview was all the way back in 2014, uh, this is when we got to talk about, uh, their music, what they were looking for in a record label. And, uh, as Ben, uh, you know, we were talking in this, uh, this, uh, this interview as well about his collaboration with iron and wine. We get into a little bit more of that one and his love for hot country. So let's do it. Part two, Kyle Meredith with Ben Bridwell, band of horses. And this handsome, oh. beautiful, oh man, amazing, best. really bad at adjectives. It's perfect specimen, it's yeah. perfect specimen. Yeah. Uh, cherub-like. Oh nah, yeah, not so much. No, not really. Bearded cherub. Uh, anyway, this has been Bridwell. Fast yeah, horses. Hello. <laughs> it's good to see you, buddy. Great to be here. Yeah, we're here in Louisville, KY, Forecastle, 2014. Yeah. Uh, this is your first uh, big time at Forecastle.
3: Yeah, playing yeah. The, the Forecastle proper. We did halfway to Forecastle a number of years ago, and it's nice to finally be here on the big stage and seeing old friends and just being back in Louisville.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you spent some time in Louisville outside of Forecastle. I mean, you're no stranger to this town. And Louisville loves you. I, I, I hope. You've got a few I fans. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if they love me today. It's, it's a, yeah, well, it's, yeah. well you, you've, you've had this, I wouldn't say downtime, you've right. kind of been in some downtime. You're between albums right now. We had the uh, acoustic at the Ryman. Yeah. By the way, beautiful. Thanks. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a great way to hear you guys. Thank you. I mean, my, my, I think my druthers is when you're rocking out and you've got the electric, yeah. but
3: it's a nice thing, uh, you know. Hey, we gotta, we got to tide over people, um, you, know, you know, don't want people forgetting about us while we're <laughs> making a real album or whatever. And that might be the, one of the first times an artist has
2: admitted, like, you know what, this is a holdover record. Oh,
3: there's no doubt about this is, it. This
2: is something just to keep it out there.
3: <laughs> I don't even know if it works.
2: <laughs> I forgot about it. Yeah.
3: Well,
2: but it, it was also independent released. Yeah. Yeah. So, so once again, um, you guys have been on labels throughout yeah. the years. and, and, and I don't now know. Now we're not. Now you're not. We're not. Is,
3: is that maybe a thing? Are you guys thinking
2: about going the independent route or is this a shakeup? It's hard to
3: tell. Um, yeah. I think what we'll do is, like we did a number of years ago um, for our third album, mm-hmm. just record it ourselves right. and see who's interested after right. it's done. Yeah, it's kind of nice not to have anybody around mucking up the process right. besides ourselves. Put a magnifying um, glass
2: on you and everything. Yeah. Like, like, what, what are you looking for in a record label? Because you, um, more than a lot of bands, have really had the experience of, you know, the sub pops and yeah. the Columbias. I mean, you've seen every kind of uh, side of it and everything. You've got to have a really good picture. Like what are you looking for right now in a record label? What's going to be the perfect relationship? It's a great question. Uh,
3: yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. you're good. At I this. almost get paid to Shit. do that, man. <laughs> wow. Um, I think obviously you want you want a little bit the aspects of both of them. You want the the personability of yeah. the smaller label, and you want the distribution network of the big <laughs> one. You <laughs> right, know, right, right. Um, maybe it's possible to find a nice happy in between mm-hmm. there, but. um Honestly, I don't have any expectations about it. I, yeah. I just want to, I just want to do the thing and make a good album, and then see who. It's usually who just wants it the most. <laughs> whoever, whoever's got the most money Who's for me. It. Uh, no, no, whoever, <laughs> who, whoever seems like they care about it enough to really work it. Yeah. Um, and that's really what, why we went with Columbia um, for those last two records. They. they we're really excited to, to grab Infinite Arms from us, at least that one. Um, so uh, At least that yeah. I loved your last record. Oh, yeah. It was definitely an album, but uh, we, uh, we'll we see what happens. Yeah.
2: It was definitely an album. Do you, yeah. Are you starting to look back on the last record differently than, than the last time we had an interview when uh, it was brand new? I mean... This is now that your kid's grown up from being an infant to a teenager, and you're like, what a fuckhead he has turned out to
3: be. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of... It's definitely the, the the black sheep, or whatever, of the family, but uh, I, I love the experience of it. I love working so spontaneously and, yeah. and having it be so raw and exposed. Um, but I'm, I'm the process we're working in now. I think is a bit more comfortable, where you're kind of afforded that that the wisdom of patience, you yeah, know, right, and right, right. Uh, being able to let it steep and and take some time with it. I, I don't know, maybe because I'm enjoying this process so much. I'm able to, to look at that one and be like, I don't want to do that anymore, yeah, Sure, you know? Sure, sure. after this one's done, I'll probably want to go back
2: to doing something weird again. Right, so. right. Well, that was a beautiful record. So, but you guys, you're working on the new record. It's, say, the
3: here and there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're about halfway through, probably, or something like that. But yeah. at the same time, not putting any pressure on ourselves to get it done in any time frame. There yeah. is no label to worry about, right, so right. we just kind of, I don't know, we pick it up, take take a month or two break, pick mm. it back up, work for a couple weeks, leave it alone, and hopefully next year sometime it'll be done. Yeah. If it's not, that's okay say. And I think every band gets
2: to this point in their career. I mean, you've been a band now for 10 years or more uh-huh. than 10, 10 years, years something yeah. like that, you know? So, you know, and you kind of see that every band kind of takes that point where it's like, album, tour, album, tour, album, yeah. tour, break. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, all the press is, oh, they haven't released an album in four years. I mean, you do kind of get in the danger of waiting a yeah. little bit too
3: long, don't you? Absolutely, I think yeah. that's a real thing, yeah. you know? Um, you, I've seen it with some other bands you know uh, especially bands like us I don't you know we didn't never we never made that we were with the class of bands growing up like vampire weekend and right. um, and a lot of those bands went big time yeah. you know what I mean and we kind of stayed right and you know I mean big enough but we didn't really do that huge jump thing so I think it is possible for people to forget about us. so <laughs> I think we're in that category. We have to be. We have to be a little bit careful. With I it, think.
2: But. I think the that the fact that the song uh, "No One's Gonna Love You" uh, is on every single mixtape for all time means right. no one's ever going to forget about you.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you one... can make royalties off mixtapes, by the way. Oh God. You guys would be sad. If yeah, that song and the funeral being in every damn movie. Right. Exactly. I think yeah. we're, we're <laughs> at least in the we're, we're in the conversation, but uh, no. The, the main important thing is that we just we take our time and have have a good experience with the album. I think and. Yeah. We'll get on tour and people will probably show up. Yeah. I hope. I'm sure they will. I'm sure probably, they will. Maybe not. It's, but we'll see. I hope the best. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> so
2: so a couple months ago we were talking to your old buddy Sam, being and yeah. wine. He tipped us off. He said you guys are, are finally working together. And and I say yeah. finally because you were both so integral in each other's birth of a yes. career. But it's taken this long.
3: Yeah, it took, it took him moving to Carolina. It did, it did. It's it about ten years as well where mm-hmm. um, or longer where Sam and I grew up in the same town, and um, I helped put his music in the ears of Sub Pop and uh, and Howard over at Thrill Jockey, um, and uh, which you know set the wheels in motion for him to get signed, and he did the same for me when I started Band of Horses, took us on the road and got our music in the ears of Sub Pop. So we kind of si- got each other signed to Sub, right. Sub Pop, but This is awesome. <laughs> it's taken about ten years for us to um, to really collaborate on something, yeah. so. We just knocked out a covers record. And uh, that's what
2: it's gonna be. It's gonna be a covers record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just
3: did 12 songs in like seven days wow. and just blasted through a bunch of. It's, this band's incredible and um, they, they just work so fast. Yeah. And I was just kind of. I was so amazed and enthralled by them that I just kind of watched and you know sang when they asked me to. They had, surprisingly didn't ask me to pick up any guitars or oboes or anything. You know, uh, you got that taken care of. Yeah. Were there
2: any parameters on what you guys were looking for in the covers?
3: No, we both just want to do like we want to split it up evenly, like just songs that we've always wanted to cover right. um, and never had a chance to. So I mean, we were just brainstorming. Even after a day's work, you know, I remember like a, an old mixtape he had of some stuff he'd done or something you were like and, Fuck the funerals on here too oh yeah exactly yeah <laughs> you, you should cover that song no no it was like i'd have an old cover of him covering like a uh marshall tucker band or something and yeah. i'd remind him of it and he'd be like well, let's just do that tomorrow you know wow. so it was really free we're pretty loose and like that. uh and it turned out really cool i mean you know many things like covers records or something don't have a whole lot of legs you know, but uh, oh well. For the fans, though, it's really interesting. I think it's right. really cool, and it's and it's not just like a couple dudes with acoustic guitars. I mean, right. uh, the the depth that his band, also uh-huh. those kind of textures they provide, are bring a new life to the songs. I think so. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Man. You doing any country
2: I songs? It. Because I, I, the more and more I look at your Twitter feed, there seems to be this small obsession with Hot Country, dude, that's going on right now. God, I love it so much. <laughs> Do you, that's the question, is, is this ironic? Is
3: Ben being ironic, or is or has he swallowed the pill? I have. I have <laughs> drank the Kool-Aid <laughs> or the whatever. Kool-Aid. I love it so much, man. I think it started with um, just riding with my kids. Like I'd come home, and they'd listen to the radio, and we'd listen to like, Modern Country. And I heard Florida Georgia Line's cruise, oh, and I was right, like, right. This Smash song is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. And uh, now it's it's so annoying because even on the bus, I've got it tuned to you know modern country countdown right, on the right, TV. Right. I know every song. I'm making people mixtapes tapes of. See, there, there's something I'm afraid of here. There's
2: a there's a conversation with uh, Jason Isbell in the series uh-huh. where he said, you know, all these people, all these musicians on tour, listening to crap. Right. And when crap comes in, crap ends up coming out.
3: Gladly. <laughs> If that's crap, God, I would love for some of that to rub off yeah, on me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those people's song structures are insane. There's right. like a million choruses, you know, and post choruses and pre choruses. Right. Everything's just as Everything's a chorus. It is. Everything's it really a chorus. It really is. Right? It's yeah, all yeah, yeah. sing-along and it's all... A lot of it's tongue-in-cheek and, yeah. and modern vernacular and stuff. that's kind of silly to hear, but... I don't know, it, it does something to me, man. Yeah. It, it, it lights me up. I love it. Well, hopefully, through the filter of. I, I'm
2: obviously not the same fan you are, as you're, right. you're probably getting this. But it may be through the filter uh, of Ben Bridwell that uh, this could be something I'm. Uh, I'm I'm going modern country. I'm just going
3: to scrap the whole band of
2: that's horses. Thing. Heading
3: to Nashville. Yeah,
2: going to do the uh, the songwriting under the uh, the fluorescent lights. Have like
3: ten people help me write like four words. That's yeah. it. Coming up, I could what, use it.
2: Third for a word. Uh, third for a word. Yeah, Not third the word. Yeah, that's that's the old Nashville thing. Okay, right? there yeah. we go. That's
3: how you get paid. Third for a word. See, you're teaching me stuff already, <laughs> right, man. I'm I've got my dip my toe in.
2: Yeah. So now with country on on one side of this and your kids on the other thing, you're really set up to uh, to take over Dad Rock.
3: Like man yeah, he was the king of Dad Rock. A little bit, man. Yeah, with all these kids everywhere and the beards and the aging body, I think I'm just <laughs> going right in there, man. <laughs>
2: dude uh, i am so much a fan of everything you guys have done so i figure whatever you end up doing on this next record is going to be fantastic unless it's not unless it's not (laughs) and then i'll lie to you in an
3: interview (laughs) and we'll do an interview again (laughs) it's so great great to see you kyle thank you man all right
2: now we'll jump back a uh, couple years beyond that one to 2012 Mirage Rock was the record for Band of Horses at the time. I got to talk with the gang about leaning more on on acoustics and collaborating with producer Glenn Johns, finding comparisons to Americana, and a lot more. So uh, this is uh, 2012 with uh, Ben O'Brien during the DeLuna Festival in Pensacola, Florida, part three of Kyle Meredith with Band of Horses. We are here in beautiful Pensacola, Florida, the DeLuna Festival. I've got Ben and Bill from uh, Band of Horses. Welcome to Florida, guys.
1: Thank you.
3: Thank
2: you. Yeah, we're just commenting on the uh, the paleness of us all, I guess, because...
1: Pale skin is healthy skin. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Pale skin right. is healthy skin. Yeah, I've heard I remember that.
3: that. We were just in Europe for a couple weeks, and uh, we fit right in there. Sure, Now sure. we got to get back to the... Uh, yeah, I guess... Are you guys the, ocean people? F- yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think all people are. Right? Sure, well, from the ocean. Yeah? Exactly. Of the ocean. No creationism around <laughs> here. <but> <laughs> 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 not in the South like Florida that we are. No, no, no,
2: right. no, no. no. <laughs> Now, uh, congratulations, uh, been loving the heck out of Mirage Rock. Awesome. Um, it's one, one, one album after another, you guys have stepped up. Uh, there's been a consistency in your sound, but yet every album has done a little something different. And I'm going to bring up the big A-word that I'm sure you're getting a lot, but Americana seems to be stamped all over it this time around. Yeah. Uh, more and than usual, I guess. Yeah, there's other, lots of A-words. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> Maybe it's, we we used a few more acoustic guitars on this one. That could be what it is. But I don't think that we really knew, knew what Americana was at that point. We yeah.
3: that. We're just yeah. We we felt like it was really rowdy and and rock and roll sounding. But I can see where the acoustic guitars being so prevalent on there could yeah. give it that vibe and just the America, the band sure, America, sure, sure. Yeah, I all think over when,
1: it. When we were thinking acoustic guitars, we were thinking more the way they sound in in Europe and Britain and stuff. Yeah. So like the way those guitar sound. That's
2: an interesting way to take on especially you know, hearing it from you guys' side and then hearing it, I guess, is how I perceived it, because I've always felt like what you guys have done has, has been, like, always really good road records. There's something about your records that works so great for the road. Uh, this one, it just turns out, is not a car, it's a horse.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yet, yeah, you can still take like convertible horses.
1: Convertible horses. Yeah,
3: pants down, play. top down
2: kind yeah, of Definitely right, right. coming
1: back, horses yeah.
3: are. <laughs>
2: well, now your four albums in, how does it work now? Your first album is, that's your debut. The second album is, uh, is, is proving it wasn't a fluke. Your third album, you know, uh,
3: that you're in for the long run. What does album four end up being? It's hard to tell because the third album was considered uh, terrifyingly disastrous the first week. And then it became, now it's like our crowning achievement.
1: <laughs> um, well, so it
3: turns around. So uh, it seems like this one, d- depending on how, how it's gone so far the first week, this one must be the best album ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of those words in that order make perfect
2: sense. Yeah, me too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the best album. I like the way you think. It's the yeah. first album ever. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well done. Well yeah, done. Thank you. You know, yeah. we're not putting it up on a pedestal
2: or anything. No, no. Just a lot of this. <laughs>
3: yeah. Right. Yeah, good job, me.
2: Uh, and 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 the other big side of this was you brought Glenn John on this. Yep. Uh, you know, so the, I mean, this is no small name right here. I mean, it, it seems to me when someone says I want to work with Glenn Johns, you're saying in a sense that I would like to make a classic sounding record because, I mean, he is a master of classic-sounding records. Yeah. Uh, When you bring him in, though, is it... I mean, does it feel very specified to what you guys are doing, or is it more of a paint-by-numbers thing with him? Are you fitting into his mold, or is he fitting into yours?
3: I think a bit of both, really. There were certainly songs that we brought that um, maybe he didn't quite get, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but was happy to embrace that side of our sound. And there were things that, uh, obviously, his wheelhouse, being a lot of the rock and roll stuff, I think we brought some of that to him, so he was uh, he was the sixth member of the band for yeah, those right, weeks, right. I and mean, we we all just did whatever the project that day called for. Yeah. Well, how was
2: that actually having someone else in the band? Because I know you guys have said that more than once. Like he kind of was he was working with the process and everything.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really it's it's a good process because it gives it's like an outside point of view at the same time, so it helps us like have someone to bounce stuff off of and stuff.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, instead of it just being, you know, trapped in your own head or whatever, that inner dialogue saying, are we doing enough, you know, or is this the right song, shut up, go back to work, you know, (laughs) it's nice to have someone in there to be like, don't think too much and and just do what you do. I hope Glenn actually sees this video one day and sees
2: your impression. That's it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid boy, back in. Um, As far as being in your own head, uh, we've talked in the past, like, uh, you know, about your the way you would write a song you'd go into private you'd you know because you had to be in private to belt it out yeah whether I don't know if that's a shyness towards the new songs or what but did you I can't imagine you actually got that that freedom with this one with the way this was all put together
3: well I I got some like I did a week up in the Smoky Mountains just messing around which ended up probably the least productive session of the whole writing process um but mostly now it's relegated to hotel rooms where one of these guys on the other side of the wall Luckily, hopefully, Bill or Ryan, that you know might be working on music as well. Unless yeah. if it's like a crew dude on the right. other side who's like so sick of hearing me right. complain loudly all the time. Like, um, so no, there's a greater responsibility now, uh, having kids at home and being mm. so busy like mm. we are. It's whenever you get a second, try to work on something. Yeah, yeah.
2: I heard something interesting in there. A new title for a uh, lead singer is professional complainer. Yes. Or a uh, public complainer. Publicly loud,
3: <laughs> whining.
1: Just, yeah. <laughs> well, makes for great art. It makes for great art.
2: Yeah. Makes I, so. yeah. um, I want to I reference my notes on this one because there's some lyrics in this. This, this also feels like an age record. We're, we're talking about age a lot. Uh, how to live. Guess what? You're getting old. Still got to grow up. Slow crawl hands of time uh, in itself, in, in the title right there. Uh, a little biblical pour, pulls the chorus. I'm old enough to know. And in dumpster world, I'm getting old. So, what's on your mind, hmm, man? Just
3: <laughs> feeling uh, like I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> um, no, looking it, better, it, feeling better.
2: Yeah, it, is age easy to write about? Like love is easy to write about, and, and is that something that you know? I mean, we're all you know in, in our thirties at this point. And...
3: I guess so. I mean, I, I didn't even think of it like that. I mean, I didn't even notice there were that many just references blew your like mind. that. <laughs> exactly. Well, some of it's it's funny because some of it's not exactly about me, it can be about somebody I know, or um, sometimes even fictional stuff in the lyrics. So it's hard to tell why I kept uh, going towards that, yeah. but for some yeah. reason I guess I, I must be looking at myself. I must be getting old. Yeah. You look beautiful. I feel yeah, like yeah. I look I perfect. Cool.
2: Yeah, see? Right here? You're getting the compliments on both sides. Yeah. Uh, to bring this song back up, uh, How to Live, uh, really been a, a good one for me and everything. It's an interesting turnaround on the chorus. I guess it doesn't go to that spot that you think it's going to go to.
1: Kind of wondering how that song specifically came together. Bill? Well, we got, it started with a drum pattern kind of like focusing on just having fun with it. And um, we, we sort of arranged it when we were staying in um, the desert. We went out to the Queens of the Stone Age studio. So I think we, we just sort of thought that the way those changes kind of got us excited, the way that they kind of fall down for the chorus and stuff. So Yeah,
3: yeah Bill brought that one to us. Um, I think you brought it to me as an instrumental piece and yeah. we started working on different ways to do it. Um, a lot of these songs, Bill actually wrote the music for and would throw it to me in an email or something I'd be like you know, complain loudly in a hotel room <laughs> and send it back to him. But yeah, that one stuck around and, and uh, it's got a cool, wild little feel to it, Yeah, I yeah. Think. Sure
2: does. yeah, I love it. It really did just stand out right there, right from the beginning, you know. So it's, it's one of those, good job. Thank good you. job, you. Thank you. Really. All right. Thank you, yeah. Once again, Mirage Rock, this is a beautiful record. You've you really outdone yourselves. Uh, complaining publicly seems to kind of work. Uh, part of your guys' well so, so thank you so much for stopping by, and thanks for the music.
1: Hey, yeah. thank you. All right.
2: And there we go, three parts with Band of Horses. Uh, I had another interview with Ben a few years before that one. I don't know. I'm going to have to find that one, dig that one up. We did that one on the uh, uh, tour bus while they were opening up the Pearl Gym tour that year. I got to find that one. But big thanks to Ben Bridwell, as always. The brand new album from Band of Horses is called Things Are Great. And thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Before you get out of here, hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. New ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith With. After that... Head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at (laughs) WFPK.org. consequence has your music and film news you can also find me on the uh, social media spots mostly on twitter also facebook and instagram all three of them at kyle meredith i do hope you like and follow along that does it for another edition i'm kyle meredith i'll see you next time consequence podcast network
3: Man, you survived so far.
0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.